definition of the fear of the Lord, a good definition that might encompass everything, is the fear of the Lord is a heart attitude which has humbly submitted to, stands in awe of, and by faith joyfully lives in light of all that God has revealed to us and done for us. I'm not going to go back through. He didn't conclude all of those six, but the fact of the matter is we've covered all six of them over and over again in the last two months. But just if you have that sheet, look at it quickly. We said that the fear of the Lord requires God's revelation. We said that the fear of the Lord consists of an intimate knowledge of God's character, getting to know him. Paul said, I want to know him, the the power of his resurrection. I want to actually get to understand and have fellowship with his sufferings, uh, to know him. And it's in knowing him as he reveals himself to us that we, we grow in the fear of the Lord. And the best way to get to know him is, of course, through the scriptures, God reveals it as we, as we study his character because he's immutable. He's immutable God. He never changes. If we can understand his character and we see it and we grow in our faith in that area, that character area, we, we know he'll never change. We can, we can put our, our feet on the fact and we, we, we look at, at things such as his goodness and his grace and his glory, his creatorship, um, his holy character. And, and all of those things, as we get to know them, will produce a, a fear of the Lord in us. Piper said, God means for his power and holiness to kindle fear in us, not to drive us from him but to drive us to him. His anger is against those who forsake him and love other things more. The safest place in the universe is in the arms around the neck of God. The most dangerous place is any path where we flee from his presence. The fear of the Lord is that we might run to him and that we might desire to be with him and close to him. We said that the fear of the Lord is uh, happy, it's humble, it's a, it's a trusting submission, if you will. Um, look at Proverbs 15. Open your Bibles there. Many of these, if not most, we looked at from Proverbs Looking at Proverbs 15, and look at verse 33. The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor comes humility. That's where we're going to slide to next. Eventually, we're going to look at humility and see humility versus pride as a opened up in the book of Proverbs and how that all connects with uh, the fear of the Lord. Look over at chapter 22 of Proverbs and look at verse 4. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord is riches and, and honor and life. There's a there's a submission, there's a trust, and there's a delight or uh, a happiness, blessedness that flows out of that. Bridges says, the fear of the Lord 
is that affectionate reverence by which the child of God bends himself humbly and carefully to his father's law. We said that the fear of the Lord is the summation of God's standard. That's what Solomon said. He wrote the whole book of what's life like outside of the garden. He tried it all and he found it all vanity and he comes to the end and he says, that's the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. So we surely looked at that several times. And the fear of the Lord is always closely related to faith. It's not separate from faith. It's when we have faith in God and in his word that the fear grows. I want to show you a verse in Proverbs 3, and I want to encourage you to do something. I think that you probably all know by heart Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Do most of you? No? Trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not in my own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall what? Direct your paths. You know the next verse is just as important. Uh, here we see the whole aspect of faith, trust. Here's what we do. Here, here, we trust in him, not in ourselves. We trust in his word, not our feelings. We trust in him. And as we're doing that trust, look at the next verse, if you would. Verse 7 it just flows. Do not be wise in your own eyes. It's the same theme. It's the same idea. We don't trust in ourselves. We trust in him. We don't lean on our own understanding. We trust in him when we do that. He leads the way. Here we go again. Do not be wise in your own eyes. What's the next thing say? Fear the Lord. And look what the fear of the Lord does. It turns you away from evil. A fear of the Lord and uh, obedience are, are hooked together. And as the Spirit works in us, as we grow in this trust, as we grow in faith, we also grow in our desire to please Him and to turn from evil and turn to Him. We turn away from the world and we turn to Christ in His way. And He enables us by grace to do that over and over again. And the fear of the Lord is joyful and it's delightful. I'm going to read you a verse from Nehemiah. Ben, I was looking at this just recently. Many, many years ago, when you and I met with a group of men early in the morning, we did a whole study on the book of Nehemiah and leadership from Nehemiah. What a great book Nehemiah is. But listen to Nehemiah chapter 1, if you would, please. I'm reading from verse 11. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight to fear your name. Who delight to fear your name. You see, the fear of the Lord, it's a delight. It's a wonderful thing. And as we pray, because we have the fear of the Lord, the awe, the reverence, the respect, um, because we have that and we have that relationship, we're quick to pray and he says who fear your name and give success to your servants today and grant many mercy in the sight of man and you know what Nehemiah is doing he's going he's to talk to the king and he's, he's going to go rebuild a wall and he recognizes this is what God's called me to 
in, in the fear of the Lord. I'm going to go to the Lord and I'm going to ask God to give me good success. That's what we do when we love Christ and we simply want to carry out his will and his glory is the motive behind what we're going to do. We can ask. We can ask in faith believing and he wants to give good gifts to his children, doesn't he? Delight yourself also in the Lord and he will do what? Give you the desires of your heart. It's not taking God and pulling him down and making him like man and like getting him to like what we want. It's us being lifted in the spirit, conformed to his image so that we want what God wants and we can ask what we like in Jesus' name and he says, I'll give it to you. Pretty great promise in one of the results of the fear of the Lord. And so we, we looked at that and I just want to conclude today. I mean, how do you conclude that in five minutes? I'm going to try. So here, here's the conclusion to the whole matter, if, if you will. I think the highlights, the, you know, the mountain peaks, it's in your new handout. The fear of the Lord comes from a new covenant heart. If you're sitting here today and you've never been born again, you can grunt and you can squeeze and you can pursue, but you'll never fear God because it only comes out of a, out of a new covenant heart. It doesn't come any other way. Listen to what Romans 3 says. There is none righteous, not one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks after God. For all turned aside, together they have become useless. There is none who does good. There is not even one. Their throat is an open grave. With their tongues they keep deceiving. The poison of ass is under their lips. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their path. And the path of peace they have not known. That's the description of anyone who's not born again and the very next thing it says is there is no fear of God before their eyes. That's the description of a lost person. There's no fear of God before their eyes. That's the root of all of humanity's sin. Psalm 36.1 says transgression speaks of the ungodly within the heart there is no fear before his eyes but we've been given a new heart by grace haven't we jeremiah 32 says i will give them one heart and one way that they may fear me always it's one of the reasons we're given a new heart is that we might fear and honor god for who he is and what he does why does he give us a new heart, that they may fear me always for their own good and for the good of all, their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. He make an everlasting covenant. The God who is immutable, the God who cannot lie, makes a covenant with his people that he performed, he did it, he did all of it. And he says that... And I will put fear, the fear of me, in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. 
Do you realize the more fear that the Spirit of God puts in your heart for him, the more right kind of fear, the more you cling to him and the more assurance that you have no matter what happens that God is in control? It's one of the great blessings and benefits of, of the fear of the Lord. Number two, the fear of the Lord comes from his revelation. You can't get it any, any other place or any other way. You get it from the word. We've gone over that over and over again. He's the one that has wisdom. Job showed us that when we studied Job, right? Wisdom comes from God and God alone. He's the one that knows. First Peter 1, 23 and 25 says that you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. And that word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. It's through the revelation of God, the gospel of God, that, that we are redeemed, that we are made alive, that, that we are born again. It's in revelation that we continue to grow in grace. We would see that. We've read this several times, so I'm not going to go there. But Proverbs 2, 1 through 5. I love this verse in 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from the defilement of the flesh, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. It's the work that God does in us. As we come to his word, it's, it's through revelation that we're born again. He has to reveal himself to us. He takes that work. He does that regenerated work as the gospel is preached. We come to faith in Christ and then we meditate. We renew our mind. And as we renew our mind, we're not conformed. We're transformed because we're new creations, new creatures in Christ. The old is being passed away and all things are being continually made new as we are being conformed to him and number three the fear of the Lord comes from a deep sense of our forgiveness Thursday night we'll go to the Lord's Supper the Lord's table time to remember we've been forgiven a lot haven't we even when I try to ponder the magnitude of my sin I try to remember myself honestly you know I know the magnitude of what I know but do you recognize most of us do not know how much sin that we have actually sinned against God from from conception I mean if it's 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 higher than Mount Everest it's it, it's more massive than we can imagine and yet the gospel of Christ, his atoning blood, his sacrifice, Jesus paid it all. Nothing but the blood. It's, it's completely wiped clean in that forgiveness, knowing, yes, we have for, been forgiven, but we are forgiven. We're dead to sin and alive unto God. And in that, that sense increases that fear of the Lord. And then what happens on the back of that sheet? Fruit. Fruits produced. What's the, what's the fruit of the, of the fear of the Lord? Obedience. The Spirit of God takes and we start obeying. We, 
We desire the truth. We hate when we sin. We ask God to change our desires and change our ways. And we, we pursue him in his word and he changes his desire for obedience. We don't run from him, we run to him. We don't resist his word, we run to his word. We turn from evil rather than turn towards evil. And you know what else we do? Because of that forgiveness and because we've been born again and because we know who we are without Christ. And we sit here and we think, why God? Why did you save me and not my baby brother? And it causes me to have a burden to see my brother saved I don't know what your situation is, but there's somebody that lives next to you. There's somebody that lives across the street from you. There's somebody in your family, and God has saved you. And when you think about the forgiveness and when you think of the miracle of salvation, doesn't that grow your desire to want to get them the same gospel that saved you? It does. It should. And so evangelism grows out of a proper understanding of the fear of the Lord. So... All of these things are, are part of the fear of the Lord. And we're going to look at how the fear of the Lord is continually cultivated then as we look at humility. It'll be the next thing we begin to explore. And what's the opposite of humility? Pride. We have that, that battle. And Proverbs has a lot to say about pride as we, as we look at that because we want to grow in the, in the fear of the Lord. We want to be humble people that God does not resist, but that in due time he exalts. So we'll look forward to that in the days ahead. God bless you. You are dismissed.